On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Haley, have you ever seen any penalties in my life? I've never seen anything like it. It was absolutely atrocious, but you know what? The Americans had our flag on their floor in the dressing room, and now I want to know if they want us to sign it. Hi, aren't you that guy everybody hates? Oh, my no. This is Tall Can Audio. Follow along on Twitter at Tall Can Audio or at Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Just do it! What's happening, everybody? Welcome into an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. My name's Matt. His name's Rob. What's going on today, man? Loving a bit of this late February weather. This is this is gorgeous, to be honest with you. Just hanging out, doing doing Sunday February things. It's probably Did not really know? newsworthy. We're about to get blasted again, it appears. I don't care about that. Um, see, to me, at this point, you can do your worst. You know, next week when we're recording this, it will be the last day of February. And once you get into March, bring it on, big fella. Bring it on because it's, it's Home essentially stretch. all. This is it. It's all in the past. My my laneway is mint, right? Black top right out into the street. Shovel the shit on the end of the road into my neighbor's laneway and mm. good to go. Yeah, Good to go. One yeah. of those guys. Yeah. Oh, for, I think you know that's true. <laughs> But he's he's a snowblower guy. All and right. So yeah, nothing to be anybody, held against him. Of course it is. Of course it is. If, you know what? If you own a country residence, as I did, where you could put eight cars in the laneway, guess what? You deserve a snowblower or a plow service. That I get. If you were living in a townhome with you could put max two cars in your laneway, you need to bust it out, Grandma. Get out there and shovel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, now, the yes, one caveat to that, you're Matt, very judgmental. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The, the one, the one, the one caveat will be if you live on a major thoroughfare, like a bus route, and shit gets piled up like nobody's business. I get it. Maybe you want to look at plowing at, at snow blowing the end of your laneway, but short of that, you are it's that's that's weak. In my opinion, personally, so <laughs> we'd I'm, expect nothing less. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting that you're not fully appreciating. I think if you want to go get that. yourself a fucking snowblower, go get yourself a goddamn snowblower. Whether it's just to do your little yeah. sidewalk in front or whatever you want to do with the. Uh, and then I think you should also get yourself an adult diaper because it may be hard to get off the couch and make it to the can. What are you drinking today? <laughs> Um, right at this moment, I'm just finishing up a little pre-show Irish whiskey. 
you know, mm-hmm. a, a little primer. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I'll fill some air there as I no, should. Uh, and, and, and I am going to move on to, um, as I've said to you last week, I had a, a nice batch of, of stouts brought to me. And I was really looking at taking down the an Imperial. But I thought, uh, the way I'm feeling today, uh, I need something a little more crisp. I need a little something with a little more snap. So I've gone back to our friends at Full Time out of Oshawa. Mm-hmm. This is the, I believe it's called the So Nice India Pale Lager. Okay. Now, more you, and more of the IPL. Someone else was just talking about that on my Twitter timeline today. I kind of perked my interest right. again. And, and and so for anybody out there who's interested, the difference really is it's it's still, it's it's brewed like a lager, so at a cooler temperature, but just has more hops added to it like you would with an IPA. Right. That's that's really the only difference between the two. Because I was kind of curious of that myself too. I'm like, well, what's the what's the deal? So I'm, I'm going to give this a poll and I'll let you know how it goes. Uh, I'm back to the Bob Cajun Brewing Company. This is their Northern Lights Hazy IPA, um, which they say strong with the mango, papaya, and pineapple is what they're going to be bringing to the table with this one. So I've uh, been pretty happy with a lot of the stuff that I got from uh, from Bob Cajun on that last order not too long ago. Um, this one, not surprisingly, maybe got pushed back a little bit as I went to uh, everything before the IPA. Um, but we'll get into that one today. And, uh, I don't know, early reports on the IPL. Super drinkable, super drinkable. So it comes in at 4.9, but it has, uh, it's a little hoppier than maybe with your traditional lagers, but not enough to, to overpower you. If that's not your deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think for somebody who was looking to transition perhaps from a lager to, you know, put their toe in the water a bit more or perhaps wanted to be a little bit more like the cool kids and hop on the IPA train. Hop. Yeah. You got it, Matt. See what I did there? Uh-huh. This is this is decent, right? It's got a little bit of hoppiness, but it's got a clean finish. Okay. Right? Like you like you would expect with a lager. So uh to me, if you this is this is good um good dock weather beer, good campfire beer. That's that's what I would suggest here. What about you? This is, uh, it's nice from being honest. Um, I would have expected, you know, when they, they're so heavy advertising here on the, the different fruits and it's that it's hazy, I'm probably would have expected maybe a little bit juicier if that makes sense, but this has still got a little bit of a, I don't know, snap would be overstating it, but it's got a little bit of that IPA crispness to it still. It's sort of maybe kind of in that middle ground between, uh, the, uh, the West coast and the East coast is maybe the, uh, the, the ground that it falls in there. So, uh, not too bad. Um, we're on Twitter and Instagram at tall can audio, facebook.com slash tall can audio. Rob was just talking about, you know, we're on the verge of March. March means spring training. Uh, go back, check out episode 791 Arden's Welling from Sportsnet was on to talk about, spring training, some of the stuff the Blue Jays have had going on over the off season and kind of what to expect this year. I uh, thought it was an interesting conversation with him, so you can check those out. Uh, like I said, at 791, wherever you're listening to this, you'll you'll find it, people. It's also at TallCanAudio.com. And I found that to be, uh, that was an outstanding podcast, to be honest. Uh, I, I, Arden Zwelling, is, uh, he's on top of it. Yep. Guy, right? guy and, knows what's up. 
Yeah, and and so I, I tweeted out if you're if you're looking for, yeah, a nice primer, yeah, a little a little startup to the you know you're trying to get your head around what's happening. I know there's been some stuff. If you haven't really had your finger on the pulse of, of what the Jays have done, I think you guys both had a you had a nice conversation about it, and you covered most stuff, right, including some stuff that maybe you didn't, right. You know, some unlooked for beer talk, especially in <laughs> Prince Edward County, which I come in a hot spot, at, man. Well, and I've looked at a couple of those places. Prince Eddie's is another one that I've I haven't pulled the trigger on it, but uh, I am now more peaked than ever to try that out. Uh, I also want to throw props to Arden Swelling for dropping the word fungible <laughs> in the podcast. Yes. And, and you know how we know again, and and every couple of pods we're gonna stop and put the spotlight on matt which he is super comfortable with matt loves that yeah we know how matt has grown as a podcaster by his a when you had lapo on and he said he he lives sort of canada stitzville mm. you didn't you didn't say to him, oh, my God, you're way in the boondocks. <laughs> like, he's further west than I am, right? Uh, but I get it. He's a he's a, he's a good guest and a good get, and yeah. you, you want to treat him well. But, uh, yeah, he's actually right Well, here he's also coming me. from Winnipeg. So this is substantially east from where he's been. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. All right. Good call, Matt. Uh, and the other thing was, for any longtime listeners. That's not um, even a word. <laughs> yeah. Matt has dropped on me on a bunch of a bunch of occasions. That's not really Can't a just word. Make shit up. Yeah, you've made that up, and I can think of effervescent or ebullient or Boolean, rollicking. Yeah. Rollicking um, for sure. Effervescent. And, I don't think I ever yeah, called you. Are, all right, but, I, but those I, other I, two, I, absolutely. I notice you let the fungible go, and so. Yeah, maybe, yeah, what maybe. what the the microphones don't capture. If this was a video pod, is me doing the quick Google, <laughs> right? The quick What's search on my. Uh oh! Don't look yeah. stupid. <laughs> you better say something. <laughs> well, and and it's and it's funny because when I was uh, when I first started to read for for pleasure, yeah, right, just just on my own, um, I did a lot of sports bios. You know, Dave Steeb's Tomorrow Will Be Perfect, the Gretzky biography that was written in like the late eighties. So sure. yeah. clearly, clearly, that's the time to write a bio. <laughs> uh, Dave Semenko's bio. Um, but I started to get into, I started kicking around some of my, the stuff my dad had and, um, the family background is Scottish and he had a lot of Nigel Tranter. So he, he, that's historical fiction, but there's some language in there that I, it was, was over my mid high school head. Right. And so I, I learned early to go, I, I think that means this, right. And you oh, sort yeah, of, you and start you, digging for root words and that yeah, looks or, like or how and, it's used, yeah. right? Or, or or it's used in this way. So yep. that's what I'm gonna take that to mean. So um yeah, his use of fungible was was fun. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice word. And it shows a man has a bit of an educational background there. So we enjoy that. Uh, just on that note, mm -hmm. I have I have just finished and I, I find you know, I'm much more of a, a reader of fiction than you are. I know you like a lot of, you know, bios, biographies, or, or, histories, yeah, shit like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but I just finished taking down uh, eleven twenty two sixty three by Stephen King, and okay. I I found that to be. I think I saw that number on the scale not too long ago here at the end of this <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> There was a period, there's a period in there only. somewhere and I'll let you guys decide for yourself after yeah. which digit it might have fallen. <laughs> it's it, yeah, it's clearly after the two. <laughs> yeah, ob obviously. Which one? No, that's the yeah. 
<laughs> Matt has not. We have not knocked down one of the walls of the condo right. for Matt to get out. But anyway, anyways, it's it's a a very light time travel, very light sort of um, you know, it's it's not a over the top. There's not a pile of sci-fi or fantasy, but to me, Stephen King does character development really well. Now it's a big chew, it's about 1,200 pages. Mm-hmm. But it is, it sort of looks at the the Kennedy assassination, which happened on the 22nd of November, 1963. So the idea of what would happen if you were to stop Lee Harvey Oswald, how the world would be changed or not. Yeah. This but old it's question, a, would you go back and kill baby Hitler? What would have, you know, what would have yep, happened? What would have changed? Baby, baby Hitler. Yeah. I, like to, I like to imagine Jesus as a swaddling baby. <laughs> baby Jesus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. But yeah, so anyways, if if you like that, it's it's also for those of you who aren't into much book learning, uh, I believe it's been done into a, a miniseries as well. But uh, I'm I'm eager to take that down now, the visual of it. But the book was fantastic. So I recommend it. Uh, interesting question rolling around on Twitter just this morning. Which book that you were asked to read in high school, like still gives you nightmares? What was the most, the worst thing you were forced to read in high school? And I think... There's a thing, you know, in high school, a lot of stuff that you read, you go, ah, come on, right? But maybe you look back on a little differently or you give it another crack in adulthood. What's the uh, the thing you were asked to read in high school that you still go, fuck that. I'm never looking at that again. Well, see, there's two different things. There's two different things there. One is grade 11 advanced English we had to do, which was at the, in those days. And maybe when you were uh, 10 years later, when you were in, uh, it was Canadian literature, Okay. Was the was the emphasis of it, and we spent in, uh, in a semestered system, so five months. We spent a full two and a half on who has seen the wind. Yeah. Oh my God, that is <laughs> that is big band, little band, and the wind is an actual character, and right. you're like that shit is boring as <laughs> no. And, and so, to me, that is something I could I could never if I never had to touch again. Totally good. If you want to fast forward, same teacher. I had for, I took, because I'm mathematically challenged, Right. I had to try and pull down six OACs, grade 13 credits, um, without a math or a science. Oh boy. Tough. Yeah. Tougher <laughs> than you think. So no, t- I, I, I went I, the same route, anything, but, so I'm looking at histories and world issues and the yeah. Englishes and writers crafts. <laughs> well, see, this is it. So I, ha- I had my OAC English, but I also had OAC lit. Yeah. Right. And so we took, we did uh, Kafka's X, which at that point I was, I I wasn't really loving, Mm -hmm. but I really want to go back and and take another crack at that now as, as an adult. So I've sort of done both sides of the coin there. I'd I'd like to take a look at, I think uh, the Kafka X is also known as the jury or the juror. Okay. Right. But anyways, I'd like to, it's sort of a dystopian kind of thing made me think of East Germany at the time. Yeah, I can remember, you know, when I went back to college the second time, the successful time and uh, and did that run. There was a few of us hanging out and I was right near the, I think there was one year behind me and then it was the new curriculum and they did away with the OACs and stuff. The double like cohort. That. Yeah. And so we're sitting there at the bar one night and I, a couple of us are talking about our OAC Englishes and whatever and you know, somebody who's maybe two, three years younger, OAC, what the fuck is that? And so we kind of, well, it's like these 13 advanced courses. And this other guy sitting beside us put his beer down. He goes, you smug fox. OACs is overaged cunts still hanging around the school. 
Yeah. All right. Fine. (laughs) Yeah. And see, I went to a school where where lacrosse was king. Yeah. Right. So other schools have football programs or whatever the deal was. So we had a lot of guys like in other schools Mm. who would come back for a grade 14. Right. Oh, I'm going to polish up my couple of my marks to get into a better school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've come back, <laughs> you've come back to take another run at a, at an officer title, yeah, right? Yeah, you're 22-year-old so, dick. <laughs> yeah. Well, and in the Peterborough area, we call that Kenner students, right? right? Those who who bring their kids to their high school right. lacrosse games, right? And yes. you're like, hey, dad, you were so great today. Why did you beat up on that kid? Yeah, well, that's Kenner. That's, 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 that is south of seven kind of. In okay. Peterborough. Yeah. Yeah. The dirts, serious dirts. <laughs> Cabin and. No, no, in Peterborough, but, yeah. but just behind the Mem Center kind of type deal. The uh, the book for me is Stone Angel. And I just, I don't know if you had to crack that one when you were going through. I didn't mind a lot of that. Like there was a ton of comments saying things about, you know, some of the different Shakespeare stuff. I never really minded that. Uh, Wuthering Heights. I didn't mind that Gatsby. I didn't mind that Gatsby was getting a ton of shit on there. Um, but yeah, stone angel for me. And I don't know how to describe it, but at points I was physically uncomfortable. Like I couldn't in the chair or in the bed or whatever that I was trying to read this thing. I like had this ache like behind my eyes and then through different parts. And I was just, this stinks. This is painful to continue through. And I know at the end it pays off a little bit when kind of trying to tell you about how it kind of jerked your mind around a little bit. And you're kind of, all right, I get. But it was so hard to get through. I I don't remember anything in high school being like more um, just difficult to stick with and and get through. I I never had a problem reading the stuff they'd give us. I I always kind of liked English, but for some reason that one. I don't know how to describe it, but I remember being like, physically, this hurts to keep reading. And I <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, the main character, and 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 she has a Scottish name. Yeah. it starts with it starts with M, and it's completely escaped. Uh, Morag. So, yes, that's, that's right. Yeah, Morag pulled it out of the fire. Yeah. Um. So in in high school, and really, I, I never followed my my passion. Uh, and I think Morag. I. I yeah, well, this uh, this is where I thought you were going. I thought the, I thought the ache was in your loins. Yeah, is where not I thought. so much. <laughs> um, but Such in a, a couple hot of different, name, you can only can't blame you know, me. For sure. Well, and, and, and if you remember the description of her, she's sort of squat and yeah. broad, and yeah, yeah. So on a couple of different occasions, I I took a crack at making movies on an like an on a late 80s, early 90s camcorder. Yeah, right? okay. Big as, big as shit. Like, it looked like you were filming for yeah, the Yeah, you knock CBC somebody news. out cold if you... For, for <laughs> yeah, sure, Carrying man. it around it's on your up, shoulders. It's up on your shoulder. Exactly. And right. so I did the scene at the beginning um, of Stone Angel where, where the guy gets crushed by the ice block, right? Yeah. Where they're pulling the ice blocks out of the... out of the. So, you know, for, the, for your ice chest, right? You're going to, you know, you'd have to pull these in the wintertime these big blocks of ice out of the lake. So clearly I remember the book as well. Yeah. Um, and so it's this scene, I'm filming this scene of, of Morag running for help. And so there's three guys and a girl in this movie that I'm, that I'm filming. And so I'm, it's in my backyard, which there's, we had about 21 acres mm. sort of North of Peterborough and 
And she's running through this deep snow, and and I've put in the music from Chariots of Fire in behind me. It was, <laughs> it was, it was That's cinema high quality gold. editing, man. Cinema <laughs> gold right there. But I, I also did, and it's it, it was beautiful. I did in grade eleven, again in that same. You had to pick a Canadian story or a Canadian book, and you had to read it and do a presentation on it. And so again, I I did a I did a movie, and it was, I did it on the Black Donnellys. Okay, which yeah, which were. Irish family came and settled north of London in the Lucan area, right? Which is really just all about fighting and kicking ass and burning <laughs> things down. And so it was an awesome movie, right? We we had people getting their asses kicked and we said, I, I said a Lego village on fire. It was, <laughs> anyways, yeah, man, awesome, uh, awesome uh, memories there. But that's, I should have followed that, man. I could have been, uh, I could have been a contender. Could have been the next Kevin Smith. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking Tarantino. I know, but, but I'm placing your ceiling somewhat lower. <laughs> Okay, I thought it was a physical reference. It's the, no. it's the beard. It's the beard and the whatnot. No, uh, you gotta. I've never seen you in the trench coat. It's uh, there's a lot of things missing there. But uh, yeah. uh, this week, thirty years ago, Road Apples by the Tragically Hip debuts. Uh, at the time, by far their most successful album. It goes to number one on the Canadian uh, rock charts. Where does Road Apples fit in your? Um, you know, ranking of of hip albums, it, it's got to be right in the wheelhouse of the time you're biggest on them. Yeah, it it and it. I I believe it is still the highest selling hip album. Yeah, I think we time. did this once before and talked about guessing at that. I think you're right. I believe it might still be their highest. Because well, I was I was sure it would have been fully completely. Yeah, no, for sure. Which is the which was the following album, I believe. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, Road Apples is is to me is is right there. In, in terms of, of my favorites, right? That Three Pistols is on that. Little Bones, Cordelia, Last of the Unplugged yeah. Gems. Fucking awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. See, and, and, and last, of, last of the Unplugged Gems, right? It, it just, it, it gets you, it, it gets to the end of the album and you're like, that's a rock solid album. And, <laughs> and Last of the Unplugged Gems is about a minute and a half long. Yep. And. Just takes you out it, perfect. You're like, yep, it's, this it, is great. And if I had to start a vinyl collection, I'm going to start with that one. That to me needs to be on vinyl. Hmm. I'm intrigued just by saying. that. Yeah. Well, it is just on saying. vinyl. It's just whether you have Yeah, it. I know. <laughs> yeah. And I have zero vinyl at this point. No. Um. So, and I'm not sure, right? We keep talking about this and we sort of move around and go, yeah, yeah. Would I, would I, would you? Um. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to start. Because I think shit would get scary. Becomes an addiction fast. Yeah, I, I well, and, and you listen to other people, right? Who who talk about it, and they're like, yeah. And, and vinyl is is not cheap. No, and it's a commitment, right? Like, you're not if you're listening to vinyl on your Bluetooth headphones, you, you fuck off, right? There's no point to be doing that. This the sound's getting downgraded. You're not hearing it properly. You listen to vinyl when you sit there and listen to it, right? So it's a different type of experience. And, and from time to time, people have time for that, but it's not like, you know, throwing on your favorite album while you're at the gym or out for a run or on your way to work or whatever. It's, it's more of a, I want to sit down right now and listen to this album start to finish the way it was meant to sound. And, and there are people who do that, but not well, many. The other, the other day I'm, I'm, uh, I'm cooking dinner. And I, I'm looking for it. And I got my go-tos, right? And you're like, okay, reach a little further, Rob. Do Look for something a little a little different, right? Yeah. And I, so I said, hey, you know, hey, blankety-blank, play me Tom 
that he's full moon fever. Right. And so, and so when you're listening to that, and now they're playing it, I'm listening to it on on, on YouTube, but it it's he, he gets halfway through and he said, This is the portion where those of you listening on cassette or on LP would flip the LP or the cassette. So we're just <laughs> gonna take a second for those people to give them a second, and then it's just Tom Petty going. Nice. All right, on to the next one, right? So it's, it's the idea that even though things now are are running straight through on a CD or you're just streaming it, mm-hmm. yeah, the the throwback idea of cassette or LP is is, is gold, and I, I found that to be uh, a chuckle and, and and noteworthy. I went back at one point, and and you know this is a continuing issue, and I guess it depends how much you really care, right? But I. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music, most of these things run on a downgraded, you know, they're trying to save your data when you want to stream or download or whatever. So it's slightly degraded. And then you wear, for the most part now, Bluetooth headphones and it gets further degraded just a little bit as it comes across the air instead of across a wire. And it all still sounds fine, but people are buying these like $575 Bluetooth headphones and you've already started in the hole, right? And I can remember whether it's five, six, seven years ago, um, I bought one of the last iPods with the click wheel and it was because it had this converter inside it. It was the last one to use this one converter that kept the signal quality as high as it could possibly go. And I still keep some, um, whatever you want, wired headphones around and we'll pull that out now and then. Like it's so outdated and you got to go out of your way to update things and it's not like you're getting Spotify or Apple Music on it, but the music that's on there sounds really good and it it is interesting. Every now and then you sit down and you're like, you know, you don't notice what you're missing until you're not, oh, yeah. right? Like until you go back and check it out once more and, the, and even that is a step down from vinyl, obviously, but yeah, it is. It's, it's interesting the way people kind of forget or it's just the modern convenience of it right and well and you are much more of the audio file on this right i I have gone to you on a bunch of occasions looking for you know quality earphones plug-in not not wireless right or or whatever right and so you've always been good with that and ahead of ahead of the curve on those things and so it's funny because you listen to and the things you forget the quality that comes from vinyl Mm -hmm. In the richness of the sound to me it's it's like any of any of the people out there listening who go with the heat that comes from your electric baseboard right versus the heat that comes from your wood stove sure right to me that is the the depth and the richness of that it's is all encompassing so, kind of right. give, me, give me a little it's, bit more like let me feel it yeah all over and so to me the the thing with the vinyl is and and i'm listening to something else and i can't remember what it was but it's somebody has recorded from vinyl to whatever and so it's that thing where you drop the needle on and then it goes you hear that little and you're like oh yeah man it's (laughs) it's 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 that thing that you you completely forget about Mm -hmm. right but but it's it, it comes it comes screaming back right so yeah vinyl beauty man uh, on this day, 19 years ago, we're in Salt Lake City, Utah for the women's gold medal hockey game. Canada, USA, 3-2, to two, Canada wins. 
That is the infamous Haley Wickenheiser walking up after the game to Ron and Don and saying, we heard that the Americans have our flag on their floor, and now I want to know if they want us to come in there and sign it. And uh, people who remember this game remember it clearly. Some of you don't. There was an American referee who gave the Americans 11 power plays at one time eight in a row, including two five-on-threes. I don't know if she was in the pocket of anybody or if she was just that bad at her job, but I remember in that moment and watching that game going, this is fucking fixed, right? Like... We're right on the heels of Sale and Peltier in the figure skating competition getting fucked over by what turned out to be a corrupt French judge. Um, So you were kind of already looking for this stuff. But when I saw the anniversary, I went back and I'm looking it up and I'm watching the highlights um, and and just the way the game went. And there's an extended set of highlights, which is like 25 minutes long. So even then you're only getting a condensed but better than your typical three or four minute highlight package. And man, the shit that was getting called, um, the amount of, and it it took me back in a big, like I remember watching that game in that moment and being like, this is outrageous. Like this is so fucked. Um, Outrageous. The the Americans had won the 98 Olympics and had beaten Canada eight straight going into these games. Um, Man, it was a hell of a thing. Uh, Carolyn Willette scores a goal. Haley Wickenheiser scores a goal. And Jaina Heffert scores the uh, the game winner. Um, but it felt the entire time like you were playing shorthanded, playing against the referee, all these things. Do you remember if you if you saw that game live or any memories of it? Oh, for sure. For sure. It was in the evening yeah. on the sort of Saturday, I believe. And the men's game was... The afternoon on the Sunday. It was, it was three days before um, the men's game, but it was sure in the I, evening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I do remember watching it. But so it it was, and and it's funny because that was the sort of the buildup to it was so intense because Canada through the nineties, through the inception of of the women's world championships, them 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 rocking the pink jerseys here yeah. in in Ottawa, which. I'm sure they cringe at now, right? Yeah, for sure. You're like, oh, they're women. Better make them pink, right? It's the, it, so, um, and then how how 98 was supposed to be this 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 culmination for all those pioneer Canadian hockey female hockey players, and then for them not to win, how devastating that was, right? In the medal ceremony, and so there's a great engraved on a nation. TSN does. I think it's called on the line, pushing the line, which just for the record, this beer that I'm drinking is actually called pushing the line, <laughs> not whatever I said it was. Right. Uh, so it's actually called pushing the line by, uh, by full, by full time. Um, but yeah, just how, how intense the rivalry is between the Canadian and the American women um, worth a look. If you haven't seen it engraved on a nation, pushing the line, um, but yeah, I absolutely remember that, and the and the fix is absolutely in. But they addressed this in the uh, in the engraved donation, and Haley Wickenheiser has come back later and said, "Yeah, that never happened." So I read, yeah, a couple articles as well that said that they had it in there at times, maybe hung up as a reminder of who you're going to have to beat. Like, there's a few different stories that float around. It was never on the floor being like walked on and shit like that, like was being reported. 
but there's a few different stories in yeah. the years that have come right and and that you know there was for sure um photos at the athletes village which there usually is of a couple of the uh canadian women's hockey players that some of the americans had come along and you kind of colored on and then signed their own names right like see ya on sunday or whatever it was going to be and they took that stuff back into the canadian locker room as motivation too and just there's just something about that game yep. and uh you know i don't know exactly yeah, yeah. it, it well, stays you with look, you if you look at and and so to me a bunch of the women have addressed this this walking on of of the flag and how it didn't really happen and so i, I think they've pretty much dispelled that but at this point it doesn't matter any of you any people who've watched the last dance yeah. the, the the jordan and the bulls and you just need to look at jordan and say that's a guy who would take anything well what happened isn't as important it, as what he believed right like and same with the cat right, uh, that's clearly it. Haley has fired the fuck up after that game she believes it happened and put it to good use because and again because Haley is 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 good people clearly if that is if that's me and i'm going out there to ron and don i'm telling them i'm coming in the change room i'm gonna fuck you up that's how it's gonna go we're, we're throwing down yeah right but she was clearly fired up you're right and so but it, to me it is about what motivates you mm -hmm. right what what gets you up for the game that for me was probably my first real introduction to high level women's hockey i don't remember watching a second of it at 98 um i wasn't the same hockey fan then that i would be by 2022 or 2002 excuse me um but you know i i just remember i don't even remember if it was on i'm sure it was but it, with it being in japan in the middle of the night and all these things i don't remember watching the 98 one i remember this one clear as day and no more than like a year later going to a, a four nations cup uh, in at the Kitchener, the Kitchener Auditorium, and uh, and watching Canada USA go to overtime in a gold medal game there, and just being like, "This is, this is good shit, man." And um, some of the names on that 2002 team, man, they, you know, they kind of bring you back. Like I said, Sherry Piper's on that team, Vicky Sunahara's on that team, Kim St. Pierre and Sammy Joe Small in that. Like, there's just these names that you remember. You're like, "Holy shit, yeah!" Like, remember these? It, it, I don't know. I, I like that anniversary. And even if later on it gets debunked, like it, it appears to have been, I love that Haley clip, man. She is as fired up as anyone has been yelling into a Canadian microphone after just defeating an American team and an American referee. Love that moment, man. And I hope the, in the truth... In the United States? Yes. I hope the truth never clouds the way that video makes me feel from thinking back to that moment where you're like, oh, God Lord. damn it. Sing it, sister. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Sing it, sister. Yeah. And, and you're talking to a guy who has never, ever once let the facts get in the way of a good story. Right? So to me, you're, that's absolutely hitting the mark. And, and most times, and you're talking, especially in years when the Canadian men have done well, mm -hmm. Torino aside. Yeah. The women's gold medal game is quite often the more compelling yeah. game. That 2014 gold medal game was way better than the men's equivalent, right? Both, uh, I guess, Canada, Sweden on the men's side. Mary Philip Boulet! Yeah, the big comeback. Um, and the anniversary of that just passed like a couple days ago. And um, the Hockey Canada Twitter account, I believe it was, just put out a picture of, and, and people forget, but it's like, 
remember the moment where this post became the favorite post of from all Canadians or whatever and the Amer- Canadians have pulled the goalie and the Americans fire it down the ice and instead of it going in the empty net it just it's the post you circle back and you come back tie the game and win it in overtime and um another like just incredible game and even the one in 2018 we don't talk about the 2018 Olympics much because the NHLers didn't go the Americans won that game but again hell of a goddamn hockey game right so it's always just awesome man yeah well and and they suffer from from the fact that you know the the Finns the Swedes and the Chinese and to a lesser extent the Russians sort of sort of move and fade and move and fade Mm -hmm. but never really make that run to to dent what is the perennial gold and silver medalist, right? right? Like there is, they, they are as fierce as that rivalry is. And as good as the hockey is like the idea that women's women's hockey is air quotes, no contact. Yeah. Yeah. There may not be the thundering open ice hits, but there is a pile of action along the boards and in front of the net. And so it is always, there's always something on the line and it is always super intense hockey. It's great hockey. Let's talk about something that is not super intense or great hockey. Uh, The Buffalo Sabres off to another just terrible fucking start. Um, I believe at this point they have only one player who has more than three goals, uh, and it's Victor Olofsson. Um, That should not be the case on a squad with Jack Eichel, Taylor Hall, um, Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner. Yeah. And I guess, you know, there's some talk that Jeff Skinner might be on the block. I don't know who's going to be interested in taking that shit. But I wonder, and I read an article uh, from the Buffalo News. Chill out there, Chuck. Um, As we kind of roll through, there was a piece in the Buffalo News, a piece in the Athletic, a piece in Sports Illustrated. And this happens when Buffalo is really struggling. But I wonder if your opinion has changed at all on are they going to have to start all over again. And would that include trading Jack Eichel? Now we've brought up Eichel in the past and both scoffed at the idea that you'd ever trade that guy. But if you're this bad again and talking about tearing it down, the rebuild starts with trading that guy and getting as much for him as you can um, because he you know, will be most of the way through his eight year, $10 million a year contract by the time you're any good. Are you ready to talk about trading Jack Eichel? Well, and the thing is, I say a lot of shit. (laughs) Um, So I I can't really remember what my take on that rumor back in the fall slash summer slash whenever the, before the season started on that whole Eichel to the Rangers and the Quinn and the Gordon and all, and the connection with Boston, you yep. know, that, that whole thing went down and, and, and what that looks like. Um, so that I can't remember before exactly. another brutal start though. Like even if your no, no, take no, I, was, I would never consider it. We're another <laughs> wasted season in like, yeah. Well, and the thing is, yeah, I think you have to, at some point, uh, I was not a fan of the signing of Taylor Hall. I, I, I'm pretty sure on that. <laughs> um, and, and, and everyone talked about, yeah, the betting on himself and, and what that was going to look like, right? Showing up for one year at a decent, at a decent paycheck mm-hmm. and, and, and sort of and moving towards pairing up with, with Jack Eichel. And you go, yeah, that seems like a great idea. I get it from that front. But Taylor Hall, man, that is a guy who is, yeah, I'm, I'm not loving that guy as a player. 
But and even th- you wouldn't have said he'd still be under three goals. No matter how much you don't no. like Taylor. No, like this is apocalyptically bad. Well, and, and, it's, and it's funny because of all the years, um, I live with a 12-year-old, soon-to-be 13-year-old girl who is a huge, and she's not here uh, and, and doesn't listen to the pod, so I can say Thank it, goodness for that. Is a huge Dylan Cousins fan. Okay. Yeah. Well, for sure. <laughs> so she's loving the Dylan Cousins, right? And so I, I remember when the season first started, she's like, I, I'm I'm watching something. She's like, hey, is, is Buffalo playing tonight? And she's like, wait, wait, it's Buffalo's Capitals game. And I'm like, yeah, who cares? Yeah, nobody's ever asked she's that like, oh, question I, before. <laughs> well, that's, I, that's what I, I looked at her. I'm like, what, what, is, what is the problem here, right? And she's, she's like, I don't know. I just wanted, can we just watch a bit of the Buffalo? And I'm like, no, no, we cannot. <laughs> We're moving on. And so I had I had to sort of, you know, the World Juniors had just finished. Yeah. And so find yourself there a, was a lot senator. of talk about Dylan. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about, well, she's a big Shabbat fan. Okay. Um, but there's a there's a you know, and so clearly this is the thing. And so the interest in the household on the Buffalo Sabres has likely never been greater. <laughs> and so okay. I am aware of all that's happening there. And 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 it's it's they have I would get rid of everything except for Darlene. Darlene, yep. Everything else can go. I would get rid of everybody but Darlene because clearly you wait for EPL to, to roll through and, yep. and, and, and find his way. And you, you go, I got a goalie. I got a stud number one D and, and, and go with picks. That's all you can do. Do you expect that they're what you and I think? And, and I agree with you because I think this, this has gone terribly. Um, and they've pinched pennies at every corner. They let half their staff go last year. They hired an inexperienced GM. I, I don't know what they're doing there. Um, but do you expect what you and I think might be time for or should be to, that that's actually what they're going to do? If you trade Jack Eichel, that is a huge indictment of everything you've done for the last. You threw away two seasons to get that guy. Like you were trying to get McDavid, but you know, what you've put this fan base through intentionally and now to just be like, ah, our, our bad rebuild needs another rebuild. You know, do you think you can actually sell that in that market? Like it's a passionate market, but man, I, you're kind of just thrown in the towel. Yeah, they are. They are a hugely passionate fan base and, and Lake Ottawa, they are not a huge corporate. No, that's right. Based, based there. Right. So, but with that an owner is, with far deeper pockets. Yeah, but we're, all I'm saying is is the arena is is full of of cash, hard earned cash yes. paying fans. That's right in Buffalo. In Buffalo, and so um, the the comparison also continues on where the fan base is 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 right out in the open, rioting against the ownership. Right, and so you the comparisons continue with the two fan bases both being heavily having a great distaste for ownership, yep. and so you are if if you're the if you're the Sabers and you're the Pagulas for and when you say you know half their staff or whatever it was they let the first page of the phone book in Buffalo go right <laughs> yes. there was like twenty three people fired all their that's a huge today. It's that's weird. a huge number of employees yeah no for sure it was yeah so it. it and and so, uh, at, at what point do you sort of say? Well, at you, what point does Eichel say a, "fuck off"? Okay, but we talk about this all the time with McDavid. 
Yeah. Now they are <laughs> they are doing their thing. Yeah. And people are saying, yeah, when does McDavid say Hey Google? Stop. She's chiming in. Yep. Clearly, clearly Google is enjoying the Connor McDavid talk as well. Um yeah, the idea that those two guys in that same draft, right, who have both landed in places and you've both organizations have failed to surround them with enough talent mm-hmm. to to allow this this generational talent to flourish. Now, I, I certainly don't put Eichel in that in that he's sep- he's certainly a step below. Yep. But yeah, I, I am absolutely I am absolutely looking at anything's on the table in Buffalo. We do this thing all the time where hockey players, especially young ones, aren't allowed to speak out, aren't allowed to criticize, aren't allowed to whatever. We don't like that as hockey fans. Where in every other sport, it happens. Are we at a point in Buffalo where if Jack Eichel came out and said, I don't know, you're on like your second or third rebuild since I got here, um another failed management group, another, you know, failed attempt to try and put this back together. If he says, I'm done, do we still judge him the way we would with other, and quite frankly, often American hockey players that just decide I'm, you know, not doing this. And because we have a thing in hockey where we bury those guys. But I think as things evolve, I don't know that I got a big beef with Eichel saying, yeah, fuck this. Yeah, well, and, and it really comes down to, as we've talked about over and over again, how your superstar gets younger and younger, Yep. right? And and the people with the bigger voice now have become the younger player. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think you're right. Now that, now that Eichel is 24, 25, whatever he is, mm-hmm. yeah, you, and you're right. You, you, he has seen this carry on. I think you, you, you can't, and the influence, sorry. I don't want to be the, the coach and GM of the of NBA anymore. <laughs> right. Well, and the influence of the NBA, right, where, where they actually promote the player mm-hmm. more than anything else, right? And the player with his strong opinions is encouraged. And if not, it certainly isn't discouraged. Yeah, it's good for TV. It, it's, it's exactly. And so... I think at this point, no, I think we do look differently at Jack Eichel than we would have three or four years ago. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's true. And we're sort of at a point where to me, I didn't have the same beef. I don't remember what conversations we had like you, um, back when that happened. I think I, I don't really blame Taylor Hall or the Sabres for going, all right, like, let's see if there's any magic there, uh, from a Buffalo perspective. And maybe we can talk him into staying, at the same time, Taylor Hall, I don't know where I'm going next. I don't know what I'm going to do next. There's no money in the system this year. I'll sign close to home and and see what that looks like. And it just hasn't worked, right? They tried him with Eichel. They've tried him with Eric Stahl. Nothing is working there. Now, they did also have a huge COVID thing. And I don't know. I think part of the allure for Taylor Hall was was the coach there, Ralph Kruger, who he had quite liked playing for in, in Edmonton. In Edmonton. Yeah, but it just it didn't work. And so I don't really have a, a, a problem with either side on that, giving it a swing. I can't imagine, even though um, it's being reported that you know they're open to talking about an extension, 
I don't know what that's based on right now, but uh, well, yeah, it's a mess and, in Buffalo. And if Matt, if you are if you are running your own team, right, and you have, uh, I don't know, you're somewhere in the middle of the pack. Maybe you're on an on an upwards trajectory in yeah. your franchise, and you have a little bit of cap room. You've you've cleared shit out, and you're and you're building upwards. Maybe you're Ottawa, right? And and, and take the ownership aside. Yeah. You're you're the ownership, and you have. Deep pockets. I got snowblower cash. Well, snow, I'm snowblower lazy, so I'm letting somebody else run and make the decisions. Um, what are you paying Taylor Hall for? What are you paying? What are you Ooh. giving Taylor Hall? Like this coming summer? Fuck, yeah. man. You, uh, it's been a while, right? Like, well, the, and and take his and you can't take his heart trophy season out. Uh, yeah, to me that was legit. He was the best player. Uh, of course, it yeah, was. Yeah. yeah, and 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 much better. I get it. But at what point do you go, man? That's a yeah. That was a while league. ago. Yeah. And, uh, and so you. So what happened before then and happened after that? And you were a winger who who does not draw. You know, drive play. No, that's right. What do you do? I guess it depends. What is he? I would be prepared uh, if if I'm Ottawa. I'm not sure. I'm interested, but I I know what you're driving at. I would be prepared as another team on the upswing, and maybe it is Ottawa. I don't to give him another one year, pretty good number. I think he'll play well on a wing alongside whatever Stutzla and Kachuk. I think that could be magic. So I'll give you a year again at eight million or something like that. But if you want to go long term, you're probably five or six at max right and and even that at long term means no more than probably three or four years probably three or four years at five and a half yeah unthinkable a year ago right and and all i'm saying here is i was using the not the ottawa market no i understand team but simply where you are in terms of cap space in terms of of you're on the way up and you are the owner matt with his with his fat, deep social network money, right? Like he just, he's one of these, you know, he's, he's part owner in Twitter or whatever's happening there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, but that, but yeah. So when you've answered the question that. I'll give you, know, you another going, show me deal, but if you want longer than that, it's going to be at a substantial, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with you 100% because to me at this point, you're giving him, if you said, you know, similar eight, eight point five for one year, you're giving him that on that on that one year because there's nothing he did in Edmonton that says eight point five million. Well, other than the fact that things have crept up a bit since then. Now they've leveled again since then. No, I know, but if you look at a at a at a sixty point, sixty five point guy, you know, that's you know, that's about a six and a half million dollar player. What's up, Willie? Shout out, man. Um, you know, <laughs> power forward number 88. All right. I uh, love those 88s, man. They all have one thing in common. So no, I, I'm with you. I, I think I, I Buffalo's a disaster. Maybe I don't want to read that much into Buffalo. And again, I don't want to bring, this as a whole thing, but I don't know anywhere in the league what I'm looking at this year in terms of the pandemic and who's been sick who's been playing empty arenas all these sorts of things i know it's equal across the board but i'm hesitant to make big sweeping judgments on anything i'm seeing this season so that's a factor for me if i think i and i don't know maybe 
See, Colorado a year or two ago maybe would have been a good example. About ready to, to and I think there was a chance, like a lot of people thought, maybe he would go to Colorado this past off season. Yep. Um, see what you can do with my core for a year. And if it works, now we'll talk. But if you want more years than that, the number's coming way down. And well, and so I, I know what you're driving at with Ottawa, and, and maybe they're a year or two away from that. But, but that sort of team that's supposed to be on the upswing, can we drop you in here and see if it works? I just don't know. Like, is Jack Eichel giving it everything he should be oh. still? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and, and, and really what it comes... What it comes to it, and and now that we're sitting here on on the twenty first of February, if you go, if I had my hindsight twenty twenty goggles yeah. on, and you go and you go, knowing what I know now, if I'm Taylor Hall, I'm signing for five million bucks in Winnipeg, literally anywhere gonna, but Buffalo. Well, I'm getting into the Northern Division, yeah, where where there's fat goings happening, plenty. <laughs> well, and if you look at the if you look at the NHL scoring race, yeah, but the top ten. Nine of the ten yes. are are in the North Division, and you're saying I'm going to take three million less. I'll play in Winnipeg, and it'll and, pay and, off in a year. <laughs> and, and I'm going to I'm going to put up huge point totals in this division, mostly on Ottawa. Probably I can only imagine, as opposed to signing with Ottawa, you know, Matt paying the paying the freight there. Sure, but yeah, this idea that you got to get into that division, and and who saw that coming? Well, you and I did talk, yeah. Uh, we yeah we we saw the talent that Up was front. in the division. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And and if you look at how I didn't expect this. I'm not trying to whatever. I didn't expect it would be this, you know, high scoring, this brutal defensively or goaltending or whatever. But we did talk that I think there's a chance some people get real fat up here. Really, I I love the Canadian division, and I love that every night I can look around and I can pick out whatever game I want to watch because it's got implications on my team Yep. and there's Canadian teams playing in it, but I don't really know what's happening. And and I'd like to look around. I'd like to play Nashville. I'd like to take a look at uh, Detroit, right? Nashville would like to play uh, you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is what, and I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Right. When you, when you go, Who's the shittiest team? I don't see the shittiest team here. Oh, it's oh, me. Oh, nuts. <laughs> yeah. If I can't see them, it's me. Right. And and so I get it. All divisions look around. But what is what? And you, you can't look at, at Chicago and go, yeah, that's a legit playoff team. Yeah. yeah. That's not happening. You can't, you know, I'm much more willing to believe that Nashville is not making the playoffs in the central. That's fine. But, sure. but that is one of those things where you're like, wow. And did you watch that? And I'm not sure. Was it on the headlines where they were talking about who's untouchable in Nashville? In Nashville? Was that on the headlines? Yeah, that was headlines on uh, the second intermission on on Hockey Night. And essentially, it was Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, and that was about it. Pekka Rinne. Yeah. And I'm no like, are you, yeah. are, are you kidding? He's untouchable only because nobody wants him. Yeah, no one's trying to touch him. <laughs> yeah, well, this is it. Untouchable right there. <laughs> but yeah, I was surprised by that, right? And and again, maybe that is exactly what they mean, but they're saying, yeah, he's a lifer, you know, predator guy, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah, you guys already have him in behind the five foot nothing midget <laughs> sorrows there. What are you doing, right? And so... I was in, I, I thought that was really bizarre, but in terms of 
what is what? Like, are the Panthers, are the Carolina Hurricanes? Like, are all well, I'm these more things, prepared to bet on them than the Panthers, but uh, uh, yeah, okay, no, uh, you're more willing you're to bet on the on the Hurricanes yes, than the Panthers. That's right. Yeah, okay, and and I get that. I get that when you look at Chris Drieger is just killing it lights <laughs> out. And I've seen the, the the Hurricanes just devastate with an AHL Zamboni driver in goal. So clearly they're stacked. Well, hey, hey, and, and, and it's funny, and I, and I know you and Michaela talked about it and touched on it last week. But it's 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 funny the mania that comes out Honest of Toronto. Christ, man. And and it's and it's nowhere else do you do you look at it and go that that's six five senators win last Monday, Tuesday, whatever that was. Monday, yeah. And 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 so there was the three of us here in the house, and, and so we were trying to finish Stranger Things. So we're right down to I think the, the season finale of season three, which is as much as they've got done. Mm-hmm. And 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 so, but the Sands game, the Sands Leafs are on, right? And so we have this kind of pact, which is all right. If the, if if the Sands are down by three, we're out. Something else, something else <laughs> is coming on, right? And so, so, so you guys haven't seen the Sands hardly at all this season. <laughs> well, and of course, fuck up Rob. He's he's I I, I PVR the game because I like to start a half an hour in. I like to yeah. zoom through commercials, intermissions if I can. Um, but I knew we were going to catch up with it, so I didn't extend it past mm. its, its recording time. And and so at the end of Stranger Things, I look over at my phone and go, hey, it's 5-4 Maple Leafs at the beginning. It's sort of 10 minutes into the third. And I'm like, all right, on that. I am going to check in on that. And so I started to roll through the the actual feed from the second period. I wanted to see how it went. Yeah, I saw the I saw the five five goal, the Dadnov goal, yeah. and then the recording ends. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? Same thing happened in the 2017 run, the Pajot four goal game. Right. I was raking leaves or whatever was happening. Did not see. <laughs> I, I I missed the and I am a religious one hour beyond. Just but yeah, those two occasions, and of course on those two occasions. It hurts you firmly bad. Firmly bit, yeah. firmly bit in the ass, right? So I had to flip over it again, back to it and go, oh, six five win. But yeah, the idea that it is just what a what a fiasco. Well, yeah, and I mean, I guess it's two different arguments, kind of like we said with Michaela, right? Like, if I was a Sens fan, fuck yeah, like came back, fucked up the Maple Leafs, all that stuff, full value. I just wish Leaf fans didn't make it so sweet for sense fans. Like just yeah, just melting down over, and like all of it, all of it's legit. They shouldn't be losing to that team. the 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 overtime goal. Look, we've talked a hundred times. You know how I feel about three on three. It's a sh- it's a coin toss, no different than the shootout. So yes, we lost that. The damage was done before that. Um, there's the one out of the box. There's a. The sweep play down low. I think it was Batherson. Uh, that might have been earlier. I, a lot of goals went in our net. I'm having a hard time remembering them all. But yeah. th- it just didn't come off the same way a lot of them do, right? And it was opportunistic. It was legit. It's full value for the Sens. But it just doesn't. And this is more of a condemnation on the Leafs than anything else. This doesn't crack my top five, top ten most awful losses that this team has. Okay. And see, this this is where I was going. Was it wasn't? It's it's like for me, the 2017 
run to the Eastern Conference Final Game Seven double overtime. Right, and people and people, including the GM, apparently thought, "Oh, this team We're is here. one move this away. Is legit. This team is one." Yeah, and, and and I think we talked about it in the season previews next year. No, it ain't happening. Yeah, this is that that was one of those Flames Oilers of the mid two thousands yep. anomalies. Right, this means nothing, and so. But I, I love the fact that that the Leafs fans are trotting oh, out. Christ. This is one of the yes. three worst. Yep. We're gonna top that toss us in there with the Ayers game yep. last year and the Bruins game. Honest to God. And, and I love how you can they, this is a franchise. Ottawa has, I don't know, man, uh fill in the blank. Ten losses this year where they've lost, they've allowed six or seven goals. <laughs> And so, but it's funny that the Leafs Leafs have these. These are horrific, yep. and they're and they're grabbing out these specifics. And so, as as We're a Sens fan, I understand that it means nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, this is it, right? And you sort of go, "Hey, man, yeah, it sucks." But to me, there's so many bright things to 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 yep. look at that you just sort of got to say, "Hey, man, that is a." And and on on whatever day it was, Wednesday, Thursday last week, whenever the third game of the three game set was, yeah. and, and and Toronto beat them seven three. Yep. And at, the number of people on Twitter at five one or one, the game is oh just my beginning. God. Right where we want them. Yeah. Fuck you. And it was yeah. Leaf fans every bit as much as Sens fans. I wish I could trust this lead. You've blown nothing all year except the one, and yeah, the one counts, but. Why don't you chill yeah. out? <laughs> yeah. Well, that is, and that is a, we've all played sports, right? At varying levels of competition. Yeah. You're down 5-1. But 99.9% yeah. of the time, you are on the mat. Right. You are done. Where are we going for beers after the game? This well, this is <laughs> This is it, right? Let's mail this bad boy in. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't care who you're a fan of in that competition. You know the chances of you coming back from a 5-1 yeah. deficit twice in one week is like getting hit by lightning twice in one week. It is funny, though, I will say, and I, I said it on the last one too, how much one goal changes things. When when um, Nick Paul scores at the very end of the second to make it 5-2. The shorty. Yeah. In my head, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, that's so Leafs, right? To just be that weak at the end of a period. But I'm in no point in my mind am I like, well, here it comes, right? That one, it's a nuisance. It's a, that's so Leafs more than a, we're about to blow this. At 5-3, when your stay-at-home D-man steps out of the box <laughs> and buries this breakaway, that got my attention in a hurry, right? All of us, oh, this could be one of those nights. Yeah. Like, it's funny. Yeah, the difference Forsberg one. thought that breakaway was good. <laughs> For sure. So yeah, it was a nice, it was a nice move. It was, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> but it's funny the the difference is zero goals. Yeah, nah, fuck, whatever. That's a, that's one of those guys who gets to tell his kids my first ever NHL goal. Oh, get a look, right? <laughs> this isn't getting banked in off my ass or anything. Yeah. That was sweet. So, um, the one thing I did want to touch well, on, sort of relatedly, was all the talk of Austin Matthews and whether or not he can reach 50 in what'll be 55 for him. He missed a game earlier. We'll see whether there's any further injuries or whatever, but whether or not 50 is on the table for him um, this season. And before I 
weighing like uh, he's killing it. He's the first guy in 15 years to have 18 and 18. He looks lethal all the time. Um, you know, so, but some of the stuff that's being given to him is also a little <laughs> generous in this division, but that's the division he's going to play in all year. I wonder what your take is, you know, on all this chatter for a, a guy I know you love. Yeah, I don't like him at yeah, all. No, I, 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 he's he's got he's got bad helmet, right? Like his his hair is terrible. His mustache is 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 horrific. You heard me ask but, about his goal scoring, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you were you you gave me an it's open. <laughs> um, guy, guy is killing it. Yeah, guy is killing it. Um. I don't think he's going to hit 50. Right. Uh, let me see when he hits 35, yeah. where we are. Um, but the he's it's prolific. And and I think he is the runaway Rocket Richard Trophy winner this year. Um, I look Ovi at that just line. drooling looking at what he's facing up here. Right? Like. Well, and, and, and I look at the whole thing of, of, of that line, and, and I like what Thornton does down low behind the net. Yeah. Right, with just with his body size, and and you have an appreciation for, yeah, his fading skills. But guy can distribute the puck. Yeah, still. if he can hold on to it for that extra half a second while Matthews gets open and Mitch gets in position to re- like, just hold that position, right? Just give me a second to get open, and he can do that. Yeah, but you are talking about you are talking about he cannot miss a game. Yep, he cannot miss a beat. There's just. It's so hard. I think he's going to put up incredible goal scoring numbers this year. Yeah, I don't. I think fifty and fifty five. So is, is going to be so hard. But you are talking about like this is to me that is in in the in the talk of you know top five NHL records of the fifty and fifty kind of thing, right? And that's what we're talking about here yeah. is that kind of pace. And, and I don't care if he's playing in a in a high octane offensive challenged defensive Northern division this year, um, it's going to be super hard. He's got to stay a smoking hot, which is where, where he is right now. Yep. Um, but I think, I think he's good. I think he's good for 40 to 45. I, I, I don't anticipate him. Like he, he can, to me, what he does so well, it's he's just, he's a killer with the puck, right? The, the release point all that stuff and his accuracy up top, yeah, is 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 incredible. And 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 if you look at that game on Saturday night, just passed, mm-hmm. he made he made Price and Price's whopping eight ninety three save percentage. <laughs> so I understand other people are also making him like if I'm the Canadians, I'm playing Jake Allen in that game and then saving saving Price for the Monday against Ottawa or Sunday. Well, um, unless you still feel like you're the juggernaut, right? Which, <laughs> yep. Friedman. Well, and, and, that was and Johnston still, who called him that. that was, oh, Johnston. Yeah. Sorry, and, and and I still like Montreal. I I do. I do. Uh, Suzuki has underwhelmed me. They're under five hundred against everybody not named Vancouver. But I love I love the Toffoli and the Anderson signing. Like to me, Anderson may be, you know, in McDavid. But he's a top five player in this division in terms of how the game has gone in the complete game. I I love what Josh Anderson has brought. Got two more points he's than brought Joe way Thornton who missed like three than, weeks. So there is that. Yeah, I, I know, but <laughs> I, I'm talking about I'm talking about the full 200 foot game that that Anderson brings, and and the the hitting all that stuff, right? Yep. Like to me, 
and we'll see Joe. Like oh, God love Joe. I understand. Right? But I like. Yeah. Let's just. Let's I'm just as skeptical as anybody else about top line Joe long term. Um, yeah, but but we 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 just talked about it, right? The idea of hey, you're going to give him a little space in the power play. Well, but you know what the problem gonna... is, it, and it's it's that he's the slowest guy on that line, and we knew that when he got here. But I don't think I expected him to be on that line. And when that happens. A lot of times you got to be the trigger man because Matthews got in first or Marner got in first and now they're passing to you to shoot and that's not Joe and it's certainly yeah. not at 41 because he's never going to be the first guy to the puck on the dump in or, or whatever happens there. whereas Hyman often will be and Matthews right. can be the last guy there open for the setup or whatever might happen there. So that's really the only issue I see at this point. I do... I do like that line more than I thought I would, at least for now. But it does have more its than issues. I thought I would. Yeah, yeah. And and but if you look at it, that that is that's a playoff problem, Matt. That's not a regular season problem. Yeah, no, certainly. And, and so I, I understand that this is a team who is going to have great regular season success and yep. will be will be judged on on their playoff success. Yep. Right. But the the idea of once the play gets settled. I really like what Joe does do in too. the offensive zone down low, right? Because of the big body and the smarts and the sweet hands, yep. right? His ability to distribute the puck. But you look at it, it was a goal on Saturday night where Matthews gets pinched off by Weber coming through the neutral zone and, he, and he's entering the zone and he just dumps it in. And and Marner, who I think is the real sweetness on that line, and Marner just sort of, Works his way through the middle of the ice and puts well, it in nice the second on, time as, in the, as many games. On the blocker side on Price. Yeah, that's the second time in as many games where Weber has stepped up to make a hit and the Leafs just gone pink and passed it around him and scored. So some questionable decision making there a little bit. If we can stay on the Matthews thing just for a second, I wonder. I'm with you. I think. It's too much to ask. He is shooting at like 22% right now, which is high. Even for him, he normally shoots at kind of a 16 through 18% clip, and that's high across the league. But at 22, that has to come back a little. And, you know, we're, we we don't have that many games left against Ottawa. Um, we I, I just wonder... You got enough. Well, we're more than halfway done our schedule with Ottawa. So I just think it's a lot to ask and Leaf fans love to set themselves up like we talked about after that game from last Monday. This is the perfect opportunity that let's say he finishes with 42. Well, Matthews cooled off in the second half. It's 42 goals in 56, 55 games. It's fucking incredible, right? You're asking, and it will be people like uh, you, quite frankly, on this podcast. Remember all the talk about 50 and 55? It's hard. It's really hard. And I just don't think, even in this division, especially as we move forward, teams are going to get more familiar. The penalty kills will get better. You're going to cover guys better. Um, I just don't see how it's possible. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm not going to get my hopes up on this 50 and 55 or whatever it might turn out to be and then not be able to enjoy this. This is the best Toronto Maple Leaf in my lifetime. And 
I I can't allow myself to get hyped up for this one thing and then not enjoy the rest of the year because, oh, man, he fell down to a 44-goal pace or whatever. That's fucking incredible for anything that any Leaf has done in my lifetime, right? And it just seems like it's one of those things where that Toronto media that loves to be able to... Ah, it's a boring Tuesday. I got to stir the pot here a little bit. What happened to Austin Matthews? And just stop. Like before we even get there, just stop. Well, it, it, my, my, my thing is, yeah, uh, I am not going to take away from what he's done. Like, cause to me, it's you legit. Might. You might. Well, <laughs> I, I, I might for a bunch of other reasons. I, 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 I can maybe throw a, you know, a wrench hopefully into the whole Austin Matthews for the Selkie talk. Which can you just everybody just dial that back a little bit, <laughs> right? Um, but but in terms of what he's doing offensively, the idea that you could even flirt with fifty in fifty six games yeah. is incredible, yeah. like beyond incredible in twenty twenty one. So to me, that is, you know, you have to have suspect goaltending, yep. but you also have to be able to do the things that he's been able to do. Like I look at, at his two goals last night. That the second one, the short side on, on on Price. Yeah. You're like, ah, man. I think Price. If if you're gonna be the guy, you gotta. It's 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 a free shot. There's no block. There's no screen. There's no. You gotta get something on that. Is that the power I, play I, one? Yeah. Uh, no, the the power play. The, oh, the power it's, play it's the was the first one. one. Yeah, no, you're right. The yeah. first one. Yeah, and it, it's the one where he comes down and, he, and he's and he's got that look. But on his, the power play nothing. one, Edmondson just gives it to him. Like he's I'll go cover Tavares at the front of the net, and Marner's like, "Thanks, bud." Right? Like, yeah. All right. Well, that's more than the Sens did when Matthew scored that goal. Yeah. Where you're like, if you're if you're Mike Riley, you're like, I'm going to take the guy in the corner. <laughs> And I'm going to leave that 34 alone in front of the net. That seems like the absolute yeah. wise. He's thing getting to do. some help right now for sure. That contributes but, to that 22. percent But but he he shoots the puck like his business. Yep. And so it's you and I. You know you chimed in on it too. There was a guy on Twitter who was saying you know oh, Matthews couldn't carry Ovi's jock yeah. strap. Yeah. And I'm like man that's that's super provocative <laughs> my friend. And and you chimed in with yeah the words you're actually looking for is stupid. And I'm like yeah that works yeah. that works because at this point. What there's nothing. Uh, Matthews is the most prolific goal scorer in the NHL right now. There's right. there's no so t- eighteen to, to games cast, in. That's where we're at. To cast dispersion, well, and I, I I don't think there's anything in his track record leading up to this that would lead you to suggest flash in the pan. No, that guy's a real. No. That guy's a real William. No, Carlson my point right is there. just that he hasn't like suddenly Ovechkin sucks and Matthews is better. It's just in eighteen games in in the twenty twenty one season. Austin Matthews is fucking lethal, and to say otherwise is ridiculous. So. Well, I, I think to say anything other than that they're in the in the same conversation, yeah, is is ridiculous. Yeah, and so to me, it's it's I don't want to be that Twitter guy who just you know. <laughs> so I'm Twitter like, guy. hey, I, I'm like, I'm like, hey, man, take a look at that. Take a look at what you just said there. Can you just stop? Yeah, and examine what you what you got going on there. That's odd. Um. But yeah, so to me, he is, it's, it's crazy good. I have, I have a question Mm. and I want to pose it to you Mm. really is, is when you watch, when you watch the Leafs and you watch the setup on, on so many things, do you have any concerns? And and I really ask this with an open heart, Matt. So don't read anything into (laughs) it. 
I'm, I, do, do you wonder if when you look at Matthews over there and he's beaver tailing it and he's and he's got the stick up in the air, if there's too much focus on the Leafs getting the puck to him? I'm, it's it's really it's really a legit question. Yeah, I do a little bit because when you put that line together with him and Thornton, even with Marner being slightly better of a shooter this year than in past years, I'd just be leaning on that guy. If I had a playoff series against the Leafs starting tomorrow on a power play or whatever, I'm probably just going to put three guys on Matthews. And even if it's not hard on him, in every lane around him, just somebody else beat me. Go nuts. They've been trying Travis Boyd on that number one power play with those guys. They've tried like all kinds of different options there. with, And there's not a ton of finish beyond him. Now, he opens things up, right, for a lesser yep. shooter. But I do wonder about that and and the you know for all the talk of about Nylander this week about Tavares this week I'm not that concerned yet but in if that were to stretch on this becomes a 40 million dollar one line team pretty fast right so it's up for discussion so far they seem to be able to be able to battle through it but in a playoff series or when games in theory tighten up as we move forward I do wonder whether or not you know you become a one weapon I think you need something else on that I know why they like the two power plays and the the balanced units and stuff I think you need another finisher on that number one whether it's Tavares or whether it's Nylander or whatever you want to do there you need another shooter and between Joe and and Mitch uh, you know, I it, it's not really there. And I get it. Once you move Tavares or Nylander onto that number one, the number two is pretty bleak. But such is life, man. You need another threat, I think, um, that that will at least make somebody respect anybody but Matthews on the shooting lane. So just, just in wrapping up the Matthews deal and all that that encompasses, right, and, and you look at us, especially Saturday night just passed, with the all the talk of the McDavid and the Matthews and the training together in the offseason and the the coming together of these two young bucks, right? And and all that is and, and the four point night. Followed what up the, by what did McDavid end up putting up? Five. Yeah. A hat trick and <laughs> a natural hat trick in the second and and two assists. Yeah. And I believe him afterwards, like one of the reporters um, asked him, you know. Did did you see that Matthews got four and did that? I don't know what that would have to do with anything. That's what I'd say too. But I believe him. I I doubt he saw, you know, as they're getting ready and warm up and all that stuff. I just believe he's that much of a fucking killer, right? So. Well, and and I thought the Flames would be at this point much better. Me too. I got them picked to win the fucking division. So no, no, no. You, you, I think you had second. I think you had them in second. I had the Leafs second. Oh, well, you're an idiot. Looks like. Um, it's been if said, you, if you If you look at if you look at Matthew McDavid, sorry, coming out behind the net, and you have four flames all driving to the net, and they just allow McDavid to walk Yoink. right out from behind the net and go, I'm going to shoot. Ah, this is not great. How about I move a little this way? A little this way. 
and I'm going to shoot from here. And you're like, are you kidding me, man? Yeah. Like we just talked about Mike Riley and his, and his, I'm going to neglect number 34. Yeah. How about that 97 guy? I'm just going to let him wander out to a better shooting position. Yeah. You're like, come on, man. That is, that is for a team who was prided, you know, who's prided itself on, on good defensive play. Right. That's, that's a terrible decision. And you just look horrific in that spot. Well, one of the things that's become almost played out already, look, I don't think you'll find many rational Leaf fans. Uh, I should put a period here. Um, but you won't find many rational Leaf fans who don't know that Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. That doesn't mean that for one year, somebody else might not finish with more points. Like you, you That could happen, right? Or more goals or whatever. Austin Matthews and what he's doing right now is incredible. And every single tweet that Sportsnet puts out that says, first guy in 15 years to do, it, it's full the replies of, well, you don't talk about Connor. We talk about Connor all the fucking time. Matthews is like going into last night, was three points behind him and had more even strength points, more goals, better in his own end, all these things. But we're just not even allowed to have the conversation that right now, Matthews might be on par in the same category as for one. There were years where Mario beat Wayne, right? Like these sorts of things. And I, I, I settle down before you fire up your tweets. I don't know who's who. I don't know what's. Go- but it's possible that two guys are amazing at the same time. And we're just not allowed to have that fucking conversation. And there's a bunch of things there. And, and, and that's a great thing. If you look at, um, cause then McKinnon at midnight, when the fucking outdoor game fired up again, comes out and maybe scored the goal of the fucking year. I don't know if you had a chance to see that replay. I, I, I actually watched it. He's like, yeah, everybody talking about you fuckers. Look at this. Wham. Hey, and we can, and we can talk about it or not. I love. I, I hate the pants, but I love the sweet throwback Nordiques jerseys. Yeah, I think early on we talked about this. I think we both had those in our top three, top five, whatever. Um, the, the pants got to go. Okay, they don't need to be the same color as no. the, as the crest. But to me, the jersey the, the jersey is sweet. It was cool. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, and it's and it's funny because Kelly Rudy, who who brought up the the throwback argument of of Gretz versus Lemieux and the, and the talk of, and I think that's a viable conversation when you move it to the Matthews McDavid talk now Mm -hmm. is, is the beauty is as Kelly said, I think, I think Mario may have had better skill. And in this case, I want to say Matthews plays with his improved game, defensive game, which you can't discount his, 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 face-off play, his back-checking. Like, he's been back-checking like a mofo. And he's getting more physical, too. Like, he's starting to lean into guys. And that's what I've been – this is what I've been calling for for as long as that guy's been 6'3", 210, or whatever it is, right? Yeah. That that, that this is – you look for more in terms of the physicality. But the face-off play, the back-checking, all those things. Like, Brady Kachuk scores his 100th point as a senator – against the Leafs, which he didn't really score, which Matthews directed into his own net. (laughs) 
But there's two things going there, right? There is the, hey, that's the 100 point. That's the third fastest senator ever behind Dig and Yashin. And you go, oh, and the golden child, Matthews, <laughs> scored on his own net. So let's just go with the 100th point, right? Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> it, it, you can't discount. That doesn't happen if Matthews isn't back-checking the way he is. Right. And that's really back where I'm deep going. deep in his in. own end, yeah. Yeah, I, it, it's really it's it's nice that I can give him the backhand, but it's it's he it does it doesn't happen if he's not back checking as he is. Right, and so all that stuff. Whereas as Kelly Rudy said, the difference is Gretz made you know Gretz could be great. I'm going to score 200 points or more in five seasons, or I can make everybody else great around me too. At, uh, you know, 160 assists in one season. Yeah. More more assists than anybody else had points. Yeah, no, and that's all legit. What Connor's doing, it's all real. It's all, but you know, when you start to boil it down to you know your five on five numbers and stuff, I think it's closer than a lot of people want to. For right now, it's closer than a lot of people want to talk about it being. And yeah, now, Matthews also has a better supporting cast, which you're also not allowed to say. Um, it's true though, Matt, and 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 as somebody. <laughs> But it doesn't happen often. But I'm here to support you in the, in this. Is, and McKinnon's in that conversation too. Like, I wonder what McKinnon would be doing to this division's defense and goaltending. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I, to me, I think I think McKinnon is right there in that mix. Uh, I like his overall game too. Right. I I like the what he does with his size. Yep. From the from the red line in for sure. And that's where I kind of fall down here. Is I just I don't really care that much it's fun as a leaf fan who has never seen anyone this good in a leaf uniform before ever in the mix i don't know who i know Connor mcdavid david is overall the best player in the world but for right now we got a hell of a battle going on uh, they're slightly different and it's fun to know that we got a guy in that mix because we've never had that before Never. Well, grandpa, Grandpa's going to hop on his, you know, off his rocker here and tell you, and and you know as well as I do, Doug Gilmore for a couple <laughs> of year period in the early nineties, yeah, and a hundred and twenty three points or whatever he had, yep. in, he was now, he, he was, was in the mix for a selkie, but, well, and and for a heart trophy, like yeah. he was, he was dominant as a leaf in those years, right You're in those right. early nineties. In those early '90s years, now he wasn't a homegrown, drafted and 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 produced talent, but man, he was he was awesome. Matthews those is years. And I, Matthews is the best player in my lifetime and probably longer. I, I know, but all I'm saying is is the magic that that Dougie provided. Yes, in those days, and and I get it. You are eight, nine, or ten, yes. or whatever you are <laughs> in those years. He was. He was dynamite as a leaf, right? And I would say in those days for sure that he was, you know, post expansion, the best, the best leaf ever at that point. And so I think when you talk about how great a season somebody's putting together as a leaf, they talk about Sill Apps and and Sittler and Olchek, right? I, I think But everything's think, era relative, right? Like what Matthews is doing in this era versus what Gilmore did in that era, I think it's, I don't know. This is why I have a hard time getting bogged down in these places, right? It's just, uh, Gilmore was great. Loved him. Got a 93 Jersey in my closet. Yeah, but, no, 
I don't. And, and apparently, Michaela's bought her husband a. Uh, that's it's it's universal, right? Everybody gets it, right. That is that is what you what you default to, right? I I, I think if I had to buy my my husband, I'm, I'm getting probably a 13, maybe as probably where I'm going, or a 27. A 27 would be nice. Like Shane Corson. <laughs> oh, sorry, no man. I'm sorry. It's a 17. Oh yeah, okay, Wendy, for sure. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, you can't discount. To me, what what Matthews is doing, and and he's certainly put himself in that mix of, right? I, I think he's and we and, and to 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 connect all the dots in yeah. this conversation, he's surpassed Eichel. Yes, uh, certainly as as that American, you know, number one, come the Olympics yep. in wherever they're going to be, <laughs> maybe maybe not Beijing, um, but yeah, the idea that that he has has become this top three player. I think it's totally legit. And and I am not a Leaf fan. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. <it's laughs> never, never, never got that. But he is what what he's doing and and goal scoring is. And let's talk about the Sid versus OV, right? Which is that what do you value more? Right? Yeah. yeah. Is it Matthews, is it is it Matthews goal scoring? Right, Ovi's goal scoring versus Sid's, what, mm-hmm. whatever it is, right? In, in terms of of a skill set, so I I am super interested in that, in well, how that whole thing shakes out. Yeah, and and there's a few things that kind of stem from that, but you know, just in terms of you know where I stand on centers versus wingers and that whole debate, but you know, Sid and the things that he could do in his own end and and on faceoffs and the stuff that we're talking about. Um, that maybe Matthews in some regards has passed McDavid on, but McDavid, like ev- any, any time he has the puck, you're just like, holy fuck, I don't know. Like this could end up in our net. It, he's behind his own goal, but within nine seconds, this could be just an awful mess for us. Right. So there's a different dynamic there. I don't know that Sid versus Ovi is exactly the same debate as as Matthews no, no, versus it, McDavid, it doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be. I'm just, I'm talking. Yeah, no, it's about, a fair comparison, though. Like, what does McDavid give to his teammates that maybe Matthews doesn't? Um, versus similar Sid versus Ovi. I, I, I want to ask you: Were you surprised to see that McDavid this week uh, ended up with the same number of points? What was it in 300 games? What was the or first 300, 300 points? Yeah. Okay. You know, just reaching this landmark. 500 points yes. in 369 games. Were you surprised? Obviously, you'd be surprised that, oh my God, it's the exact same number of games. Were you surprised that it was in the same neighborhood? Because for me, when I look at McDavid, um, it felt like he was putting up more points per game that early in his career than what Crosby did. And and Sid was awesome, but his was a different type of game. I was surprised to think back to that point and, and look at it and go, wow, like it felt like to me, McDavid was on a higher points per game pace than Crosby was at the same point in their career. Uh, I, I totally agreed. Yeah. Totally agreed. I, I thought McDavid was ahead of, of the pace and well that Crosby ahead, probably like yeah, for me, yeah. Had, had set right like there was all the talk in Sid's early years despite the fact that he had 100 points I think in his rookie year yes. 
right? But there was all the talk about his lack of defensive awareness and his 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 inability to win draws, all these things, right? There was there was this sort of negative lag on on, on Sid in his early years, but clearly it's there in the in, in it's the, right the, there the yeah. proof. Yeah. Now it, it's interesting to see what they both did in their next games after. Did you see that stat? I, no, I didn't. So after they scored their 500th point in their 369th game, they both had zero points. Like, whew, glad that's okay. over, made it. All right, <laughs> all right. And in their second game, so their 371st game, they both had? Five, apparently. Five points. <laughs> Is that wacky that's or no, man? That's weird, man, yes. And, sure. and, and so it's not just a 369 points five games or what uh, 500 games whatever it is sorry 500 points 369 there's there's a little symmetry going on yeah, there with weird. all that and 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 so wait wait that that sort of do you have you seen that stat in in terms of only seven players have beaten that pace that 300 uh, no. that 500 points in 369 have you seen that stat? i don't think so the, all right, well then, Matt, I'm going to ask you to give me the seven players, and and you know what, I'm Twain. hoping you have them all, be, because I do not have all seven. <laughs> Wayne. Wayne is one. Hey, so Wayne did it in 234 <laughs> games. It's not even fucking fair. <laughs> well, this is it, right? And so, yeah, Wayne is number one on that list at 228, 30, whatever it is. Mario. Mario number two at 288 games. Slouch. Uh, yeah. yeah. What a slack ass. Uh, and then I don't know. Fuck. People. And then I'm out. Yeah. Okay. How about number three on the list? I do know. I'll, I'll, I'll give you what I do know, Matt, yeah. which is really this all. This is what I he does do. every week here, folks. This is. <laughs> the, the guy number three on the list is the second highest scorer in the 80s in the NHL. Paul Stastny. Nope, his dad. Whatever. I, Peter Stastny. Uh, yeah, okay. I couldn't remember. Three. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, no, you, got it, you got it. You got it. Yeah. Right. All right. And and if I if I had to give you, I'll give you two more X's. We won't drag this out. Yeah. Two more two more guys who've who've made it to five hundred points quicker. Um I don't know. Thinking about the See, era. I, I, Marcel Dion. Yeah. Uh, no. And so there is no old timey guys, nobody pre seventies. So Dion fits in that list, but no, Dion's not there. I don't know, Bobby. Nope. Yeah. Okay. So for sure you have Eric Lindros, hmm. which I was surprised by. Yeah. Uh, another surprise was the guy right in front of them is Brian Trottier. Wow. So sometimes you just yeah. forget, like. Well, and, and Trottier's the oldest guy on the list. Because well, Bossy is like Bossy's Bossy. the guy you always think of scores them all, but Trottier was well, so good, right? Like, okay, but Bossy's Bossy beat Trottier. Okay, <laughs> he's the other guy on this list. All right, right, and so uh, so Lindros Trottier. Uh, anyways, I, Mario I forget Wayne. the uh, yeah yeah, I, but I forget the seventh guy. But it's pretty heady, comp, you know, yeah, collection sure. of people in that in that neck of the woods, right? So, um. Yeah, it's 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 super interesting. We're uh, seeing I, some I, great I, shit, man. Like for whatever you value this season as, and I, I still don't think we know. It's incredible what there's a and, and for McDavid and and McKinnon, 
um, long before this. And say what you want about Matthews. He had 47 last year. He was getting to 50 had they finished the season. There's some great players right now. The pace is unbelievable. I was just surprised to see, because it, it seemed like Sid rounded out his game faster or something and became less of a point machine than what McDavid has continued to be. But still, everybody's valuable, like just a different type of guy. So I was surprised right. to see them hit those numbers at exactly the same time. The last so thing the, I... Wait, 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 wait. The question is, I, I ask you, and I, I heard it on this morning. I'm, I'm sitting down having a nice coffee with a little Irish cream, and I'm listening to the radio, and somebody said, so with the trajectory, both those are on, who finishes with more career points, Crosby or McDavid? Uh, I don't know how to answer that. I assumed McDavid was way ahead of pace, so I guess well, so, I still so assume. Sid, Sid, Sid's at 1,263-ish. Yeah. Like in that in that neck of the woods. And obviously Connor's at 505. Yeah. Right. Who finishes with more points? I, I think you're asking. Connor. Yeah, I, I said Connor too. But I think you're asking Connor at that point to to, to surpass 1,500 points. Well, I'm asking Edmonton to give him what <laughs> Pittsburgh kept giving Sid for help, right? Like, well, like get a Malkin in there. Now they have that. Leon could be that for the. But I need you to go occasionally get a Bill Guerin or a Phil Kessel or a whatever. Who I know they didn't always play on the same line, but on the power oh, play would spread it around. Brandon Morrow, Mark Recchi. Yes, Mar- how about a Mark Recchi or sure. a Brandon Shanahan or a Brett Hull or. A- I don't think those guys played with him, did they? No, I'm really talking about Steve Eiserman oh, okay. and, yes. and, and Detroit and That'll what happened too, there, yeah. right? Surround those guys. I don't know. It just feels like Connor's almost still ascending somehow, right? Like yeah, there might I be agree. more there. I agree. And if you look at it, to me, the idea that, that Connor could continue to. I don't know that that means a, he'll be as much of a winner as Sid was. No, well, Sid's got the three cups. Yeah. Sid's got the golden goals. Sid's got all these things, right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah. But we are. I, I did ask you about points, yep. and I, I think that to to ask Connor to put up another eleven hundred points, uh, it's 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 crazy. It's, he may a, it's do that in eight num- years. It's a, it's a big number, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, this is it, right? I, I think he could do that in nine years. Yeah. And Slightly so. Different. I do think that, but I, I, yeah, I think the chances of him ever in Edmonton, especially eclipsing Sid's three cups in Pittsburgh, probably not happening. Seems right? unlikely. And and so we look, we do look at this Sid playing his 1,000th game on Saturday night just past. Man, thousand game, and and I love how the in in the in the tribute they had Ovi was on there and. And can you think of somebody who has done more in the past decade, maybe to rehabilitate and I say rehabilitate or change his image than Ovi? Can you it's, think of a it's guy? It's less than that. It's like the last five years. <laughs> like, um, yeah, okay. until once he three, won that three, three years. Yeah. Once he won that cup, he was golden. I don't know that he's done a whole lot differently. I think once he won the cup, the media was just like, yeah, see, we told you we love that guy. I, I think he took a pile of shit. Um, from me at times. Um, but I don't know that he's changed that much. He just came along at a point where 
you know, the, the hand warming thing on the stick and whatever, like we weren't ready for that stuff. And it's, it's more common now you're seeing more guys express themselves, whether it be their fashion sense or online with Instagram or whatever it might be. I just think we're more prepared to embrace those guys than we were early on. Right. Like I, I still remember we're like a year or two into his career. He hits a hole in one on some golf course and they play that video clip forever. It's just, I swear to God. Right, like he's yelling at you. Like, I, why didn't we love that? Why was that him being a hot dog? Why, you yeah. know? No, he's a guy who, and and I am also late to the party, right? In terms of of my appreciation for that guy, he, he's come over here, and even now, right? Like his his tribute, he's saying, "Hey, that's big number, big numbers," yes. right? He's yeah. he's talking. His English isn't isn't impeccable right but man that's a guy whose personality surpasses his his grasp yes. of the language and, and I, I think about me having to be in russia doing whatever yeah. it is 18 years old just dropped into moscow here you go have a good time you're tiddlywinks i am <laughs> i am i am a fantastic tiddlywinks player <laughs> right and you go man i i would hope that my personality and my ability would 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 match that level, right? right? Like, and so, yeah, I didn't, I, I am, like I said, I, and I, I think it's the O three world juniors in Halifax yeah. that I hold against them. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, that th- this guy's, this guy just wants to win. And the idea that, and, and I, again, I am as guilty as anybody of saying, yeah, he wanted to win a world championship for Russia. He wanted to win an Olympics for Russia more than he ever, ever, you know, yeah. wanted to win a Stanley cup. No, man, the guy is a winner and the guy is and 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 I'm sorry. Ovi, I'm sorry now for my first 10 year or 13 year take on your career that yeah, he's 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 a driven winner, right? And so I remember what are we this show was already on, so four or five years ago <laughs> at the at the worlds and Canada wins gold and half the Russian team leaves before the Canadian anthem and he stayed. And a couple of guys stayed. He, he, was, he and Malkin were the only guys who stayed. You go, yeah, okay, I got it, right? I, I get it. You're a different breed. You're a now they have to walk back into locker rooms full of Canadian. But that mattered when your teammates left. You said no. You stay here and you respect the other team's anthem because we would have expected the same of them had we won. And I remember that being a moment for me. I think that was the year before the cup i could be wrong but uh it's been in the last five or six years where opinions on that guy have started to to change a little bit the last thing i wanted to ask you about um it was kind of a throwaway thing on headlines chris johnston was talking about the new american television deal and that comes up this year this is the last year where nbc has exclusive rights and he dropped espn into the conversation and saying that it looks very much like when this new deal gets signed, it will be like a lot of other leagues where you're not exclusive to one network. Maybe NBC will keep, you know, this package of games or Wednesday nights and ESPN will pick up whatever it might be, but there will be multiple partners. There had been talk that it could be Fox involved. And I just wonder, I don't think there's a ton here, but I wanted to ask you what you think the impact, if any, that has on the league and and how much it matters. Well, there's there's not a ton until we know dollars. Yeah, 
and what that right. looks like, what the package is for how yeah, long, yeah. all these things. But 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 if you the model is already there in terms of of the MLB. Yeah, and the NFL. They're on uh, yeah. like four different networks. <laughs> well, this is it, right? I got Monday night, I got Sunday night, yeah. I, you know. And so that that model is already there. And so I think people still look to ESPN as the sporting network. Yeah. I, I know that its market share is shrinking yep. as 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 cable changes and 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 morphs into a bunch of things. But you still look at the personalities that are on, and I just watched the Australian Open, right? And they're talking about X number of years continuously covering the Australian Open or tennis, yeah. Grand Slams. And people still think of, in the States, of ESPN as the as the standard. Yep. And so I think the the idea that if you can if you can get on board with ESPN in some capacity it, to have to be on that stage like it, it's it's funny because they were talking about the outdoor game and how it had to be delayed and they're saying, you know, Trey Wingo and, and, and these sorts of guys who are no longer on ESPN but have made their name on ESPN yeah. are talking about the NHL in that capacity. You're like, yeah, it's still it's still a a stage for you to make your mark, to be a knowledgeable source of information in the sporting community in the United States that I think in, in some capacity you need, yes. if you're the NHL, to be – on that stage. No, I, I think that's right. Because when you go to um, a hotel, right, you're just on the road somewhere or whatever, and you're flipping around, you're getting ESPN before you're getting NBC Sports Network every day of the week, right? Soon and, to be Disney, soon to be <laughs> the Discovery, the, the right. I don't know. Versus uh, Outdoor Life Network, whatever it might be, you get that, right? And you understand if you're on ESPN, that's where big sports things happen. And it's also the way ESPN treats you, right? All of a sudden, they have a vested interest in you doing well because it's going to translate to their ratings. So all of a sudden, the NHL, instead of getting maybe 30 seconds in minute 26 of, you know, Kings Rangers, if it was a good day, you're maybe in minute 12, right? Getting actual highlights on three or four games that matter. You're across the network getting those talk shows that are on every day. They suddenly talk about you. And I don't think we have to look any further than MMA and the difference in coverage that ESPN has given the UFC since they moved from Fox onto ESPN+. Plus. All of a sudden, all those guys, all those high-end ESPN personalities, ESPN radio, all these people, they talk about the UFC because it's good for them. And so the NHL can only benefit from getting back on that radar, from being something that ESPN cares about, right? And whatever it does to the casual sports fan, oh, hey, look, hockey's back on SportsCenter or ESPN2's got the, I don't know, Capitals and Lightning tonight, whatever it might be. It's good there, but it's also just good for that company to care about you again, right? And to want to push you forward because it helps them. I, I think it's huge if you can maybe keep that NBC, you know, Saturday or Sunday afternoon slot on main network TV and then have that cable presence on a sports network like ESPN. 
man, I, if they could make that happen, I think that's a huge win for the NHL. No, for sure. For sure. And, and it's, it's, it's you being talked about, as you've just mentioned, right? That, that you can get to that spot. That is that is Stephen A. Smith cares about me again, or whatever's going on there, right? Like, yeah, no, it it, it changes everything. So, um, something to keep an eye on. It's not locked down, it's not signed, but uh, you know, when CJ says so, it's usually pretty real. So, uh, but but as you said, it is the idea that we are looking for what what does this mean? Who else is coming on board, and, and where does this leave us? Yeah. Uh, bigger money from cable TV, also good for higher caps, all these sorts of things, push the business forward. And we can't get into this right now, right? But what what is also coming is the gambling money, right? And there's been a little movement this week, right? And so what does that mean, right? In terms of where revenues... Well, even just anecdotally, as you scroll Twitter, you're seeing like more and more lines on NHL games, it seems like, or like you open the athletic app and it's like, here's your you know, smart money for Friday is on these and be like, man, this is drifting in. Like it's becoming more and more of a thing in hockey. Yeah. And well, and that is, that is just around the neighborhood. And, and if you were, you're looking at big money, that is going to be big money. And if, if we're talking about fat Mitch Marner cash, <laughs> that is, that's going to be a, th- that'll be a benchmark. a thing of the past for sure. And I know you out there love it. But Dance that monkey. could be just a thing of the past. That could be your Kirby Puckett making a million dollars a year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for you. Um, but, 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 but Matt, yeah. I would like to, you in, in closing and, and in, in departure, I understand it's come to me via very good sources hmm. that there may be an interesting podcast coming up here midweek. Yeah. Well, that's what I was just getting ready to tee up is on Wednesday morning. Uh, new quarterback for the Ottawa Red Blacks, Matt Nichols, will be on the podcast. Um, I've gotten it uh, also from good sources. He may be willing to jump off the wagon for us, and maybe he hasn't had a beer in, uh, right. in quite a while, but he's ready to jump back in, maybe have a pint with us. We won't necessarily hold him to it, but he ho- we hope he will join us for that. But uh, for you CFL fans out there, we know we picked up a bunch of you when uh, Paul Apolise was on. Um, yeah, Matt Nichols guy's been around the, uh, the CFL for a while now, certainly landed in, uh, Ottawa. We got a bunch of stuff to talk to him about. He'll be on the podcast on Wednesday morning. Should be a lot of fun. Well, and, and you know, the thing is, and, and I love to hear that. Right. And so I'm going to say our guy, our guy Hoff has yeah. probably, has probably gone that way. It, it's, it's nice that whether you double back to John Rodenberg being on the show, uh, Lapolis, Coach Coach Lapo being on the show, everybody understands you got to bring a bit of a beer game. That's what we do here, yeah. If you're going to be on Talkin, we're, we're going to talk whatever, yep. right? We're, we're willing to talk whatever, but we want to talk a little beer first. That is what we love, and I, and I and I truly enjoy that. That and Rodenberg, who who Jr. who who wasn't going to drink it, yeah. but he knew he knew you were going to ask. Yes, we, that the reputation is out there. <laughs> that if you're going to come on on Tall Can, a you can swear. Sure, maybe if you if if you embrace that. If not, that's fine too. 
Um, but but pints. But they'll be pinting. Pint. Yeah. We we want to talk about pints, and I'm going to drink pints. And yeah. so whether it's a happy Monday morning like it is right now, <laughs> everybody's better. There's a little. I got a coffee stout on the go. We're good to go. So I I'm interested in seeing what uh, you. You and Michaela and 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 Hoff have going on Wednesday, I believe Wednesday. It is Wednesday morning on TallCanAudio.com or wherever you're listening to this one. So you should probably hit subscribe if you haven't yet, you fool. Fool. <laughs> uh, with that in mind, we will wind this one down. Hope you all have a great week. Hope you will join us on Wednesday for that show. Um, you can subscribe wherever you're listening right now, as well as uh, follow us on social media. Twitter and Instagram at TallCanAudio, Facebook.com slash TallCanAudio. Got the invite to Clubhouse. Not really sure what this is yet. It seems to be an audio social media thing. If you are one of those Clubhouse people, we're at TallCanAudio. We got nothing there yet because I, I don't <laughs> I don't know what it is, but we'll figure it out. So if you're I one think, of the... I think it's spices, I think. Clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Uh, we'll wind this one down for your Monday. We hope you all have a great week. For Rob, I'm Matt, and we'll catch you all down the road. See ya! What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCanAudio on your favorite podcast app.